Hi, good evening. This is Chaim Bravender, and uh, we're going to learn a little about the, the parasha. In fact, we're going to learn about Bitzalel, the person who actually built the Mishkan. Before we begin, I just want to say that this shir is in memory of Solomon A. Konigsberg, Sichrono Livracha, by his daughter Miriam Bravender on his yard side, which makes me his son-in-law. Uh, Solomon Koenigsberg was a lawyer. And you know, lawyers are able to help or kind of mess things up sometimes. But he, as I remember him, was always willing to and happy to help. It didn't matter what the issue actually was. And I know he undertook building a uh, a mikveh in the neighborhood so that the women wouldn't have to go too far away from home. And that was a successful project that uh, changed changed the neighborhood. What? Okay, we're going to talk about Bitzalel. I, I just want I, I want to make sure that we have the picture correct about the uh, book of Shemot, and and I think it, the the best way to to remember the book of Shemot is the introduction of the Ramban to these uh, these parshiot, the book of Shemot. The introduction of the Ramban is that the book of Breshit is called Yitzirah, creation. It's the it's the book of creation. And what the Ramban probably means is that the entire book, including the stories of Yaakov and Yosef, and all of that is part of Yitzirah. It was the elements of the world that God created includes the kind of feelings and inclinations that people had and people gained and that's called Geula, redemption so it's the book of redemption the book of redemption is not just that Bnei Yisrael left Mitzrayim but redemption means that psychological redemption emotional redemption where the redemption it comes of thinking things that are possible in the created world that we didn't think about before all of that is a kind of redemption and that redemption ends with the building of the Mishkan it ends with the building of the Mishkan now the building of the Mishkan itself is told us in the Torah in a very strange way there are two parashiyot Truma and Tetzaveh which we read several weeks ago. I mean, this is a leap year, so we need all the parashiyot we can get. And then again, in Vayakil Pekude, this week is Pekude, the last parasha in the book of Shmot, and actually a repeat of Truma Vetitzaveh. In between these four parashiyot, in between, there's another parasha, Kitisa. And the parasha of Kitisa contains the story in great detail, by the way, 
contains the story of building the golden calf, the idolatry that was devised by Bnei Israel by the people, when Moshe Rabbeinu was on Har Sinai receiving the Torah. Now I'll try to elucidate a little further what that means, what it means to receive the Torah. It's not, it's not as obvious as you might think. So Truma and Titzaveh were given to those two parashiyot, the parashiyot about building the Mishkan, which contained building the building and also building the kalim, the vessels that were used in the in the Mishkan, in in the the vessels that were used in the sanctuary in order to promote the the religious aspect of Mishkan. It was all there. It was all there. So now in the first Rabbi, so that the idolatry, like when we just look at it, you know, sometimes a, a text is something you could see. You don't have to read it. I mean, it's there whether you read it or not. So the text of the golden calf, the idolatry, that what was happening when Moshe Rabbeinu was on Har Sinai, that text is like the bookends. Bookends are build a Mishkan and build a Mishkan. Those are the bookends. Truva Tetzave is HaKadosh Baruch who says to Moshe Rabbeinu, go build a Mishkan. Here are, the, here are the dimensions, here are the commands, here's the way you do it. And the, after the story of, of the golden calf, again, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, build a Mishkan, build a Mishkan. It's almost as though the, the kind of the text of the golden calf incident is squashed between building the Mishkan indicating to us that the Mishkan is of singular importance. And even though the Jews were saved because HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to save them, they deserved to be punished, but they were in fact going to be saved. It was apparently the Mishkan on the part of B'nai Yisrael that saved them. It's true that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, that God is merciful and God is interested in maintaining his agreement with B'nai Israel. Nevertheless, the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu commanded B'nai Israel to do in last week's parasha, Vayakel, build a Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Harasina. Can you imagine that the people the people recognizing the fact that they had done this terrible thing, that they built this golden calf, and that they had assumed that the golden calf could be divine. I mean, how how bad could things be? But Moshe Rabbeinu came down again with the with the Luchot Abrit and said, "Okay, let's build a Mishkan." And Moshe Rabbeinu said it because it must have been true that the Mishkan would play a role in the salvation of B'nai Yisrael. So the Ramban says 
The first book of the Torah is called Yitzirah, creation. And the second book of the Torah is called Geulah. Geulah, redemption. So it's the second book of the Torah, the book of Shemot. It's an entirety from beginning to end. And we are now in the last parasha of the of of uh, last parasha of the book of Shemot, so that the Mishkan, the Mishkan, the tabernacle that it is going to be built, as we built as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu gets to where he's going to come down from the mountain, and when he gets to that place that he is supposed to get to, the Moshe Rabbeinu is completing, he's finishing the idea of Geulah. That Geulah, redemption, is not a point in history. It's not a story to be told, but it's an ongoing situation that you have to devise a method of living with. You've got to always be in the Geulah process. And if you're not in the Geulah process, you go back to the first, to, to Kitisa, which tells the story of the golden calf. You don't want the story of the golden calf. Everything could lead you astray, but you've got to work at it. You've got to work at this. But there's another difference. I mean, I haven't really told you the difference between Truma Tetzave and Vayakel Pekude, but I just told you they're like bookends. They kind of surround Kitisa, the story of the golden of the goal of building the golden calf. So that it sort of like visually says, it visually says, the Mishkan overwhelms the golden calf. That's what it says, visually. Like in a way, it's like almost like a painting. It's almost like a painting. But there are other things to be said about the difference between the first of the bookends, Truma and Tetzava, and the latter bookend, Mayakel Pekude. And one of the things that we have to speak about is Betzalel. Betzalel. He was the person who was chosen. He, Betzalel, was the person who was chosen to build the Mishkan. That's not even, it doesn't make any sense. Why choose somebody to build the Mishkan when you have Moshe Rabbeinu who learned everything that God could teach about building the Mishkan? And what do we need? What do we need B'Tzalel for? I mean, I know we need artisans. We need people who could work. People know how to do things. Yes, but Moshe Rabbeinu could be in charge of those people. He didn't have to give up his authority to B'Tzalel, as far as I can tell. So the first pasuk that mentions B'Tzalel is in Kitisa. The first pasuk, Shemot Periklam and Al Pasuk I hope you can see it. Oh, oh, oh. Karati B'Shem. Karati B'Shem, I called out his name. His name is Betzalel ben Uri ben Chulamate Yehuda. So call out his name sounds serious. I called him, I gave him a name. I mean, I gave him, I didn't give him a name. He had a name, but who knew him? Who knew Betzalel? Now, now God says, Betzalel. 
he gets the kavod of being noted by God. Rashi says, Karati B'Shem, I called his name, Rashi says, to do something, to, to work at this, to work at this Mishkan. I mean, I, I think Rashi is a little bit taking it for granted. And that doesn't see the point exactly. But I think there is a, that there is a, a point. The next pasuk is a Shmot Perik Lamed Hey, Pasuk Lamed it's, it's in Vayakel. Right, the first pasuk that we read is a Kitisa. Kitisa, you have to remember the order. Truma, Tetzavet, Kitisa, Vayakel, Pekude. So that means in the parashiot of Truma and Tetzavet, we don't meet up with Betzalel. Truma and Tetzave, remember those are the first time that Moshe Rabbeinu taught the story of building the Mishkan. Truma and Tetzave. Kitisa is a kind of a continuation of that, but it's separate for a variety of reasons. And Betzalel is only mentioned in the parasha of Kitisa, the parasha of the, of the golden calf. Vayakel, the next pasuk is Ulahorot Natan Belibo, Lahorot. Natan Belibo, this is about Betzalel. Lahorot Natan Belibo, who he Betzalel, Valiav ben Achisamach Mateidan. Aliyav. Aliyav is the name of a serious street in Jerusalem. His full name was Eliyav ben Achisamach Lematei Dan. It's not clear why the Torah has to mention him. Lehorot Natan Belibo. Lehorot to teach. What do you teach? How do you teach Torah? That's what it said about the Tzalem. Natan Belibo. Huva Eliyav. Who's Eliyav? Ben Achisamach Lematei Dan. Rashi says this. You see the Rashi Eliyav? Bishavet Dan Min Hayerudim Shebishvatim Mibne Hashvachot. That to include something from somebody from Dan in the presidium of Mishkan building, we included somebody from Shevet Dan, from the tribe of Dan, one of the less impressive Shvatim tribes one of the sons of the concubines of Yaakov, and the Torah compares him to B'Tzalel, who the Oliyav, it says in the Pasuk, he in L'Bitzalel V'Chadam Mishkan, and after all, B'Tzalel, Benuri Ben Chur Lematei, from Yehuda, There's a Shua is a kind of important person, and a Dal is a poor person. So this is kind of even though Betzalel is mentioned, we we kind of, we don't really understand what Rashi is teaching us. 
we don't understand what Rashi is teaching us, comparing Bitzalel and Oliav, this is some kind of a great idea. In any event, we're up to the last uh, But the Shmot Perek Perek Lamedvav is in the last week's parsha. Vayakel Shmot Perek Lamedvav. It says this: Vasabetzalel Vaoliav. Here again, the equation of the two, they work together. They are equally important. And every person who is in this category of chacham leiv, so a person who has a wise heart. God gave them chokhmah, right? And tevuna, tevuna is the word, the word bina. Bina is a special kind of wisdom. Okay, that sounds pretty impressive. These people, Betzalel, Oliav, the Chacham Leiv, the people who had special wisdom. Wow, this is really something that's being built. I mean, every person involved is a is a serious prophet. And, the, and in Pasuk Chet it says, that all the chachmei leiv, all these wise, wise hearts, worked at this enterprise, building the Mishkan. And then there are, you know, various things that had to be included in building the building, Yuriot, the curtains, and Tchelet V'argaman, the colors the, of these curtains, Italat Shani, Kruvim, Saltam, and the Kruvim that were on the Aron, Masechoshev, they were very clever. And this, so we have, we have B'tzalel in the parsha of Kitisa, and we have him twice in the parsha of Vayakel. And finally, B'tzalel is mentioned in our parsha, the parsha of Pekudei, and the Pasha Pekude says, "Vitzalel ben Uri ben Chur lebatei Yehuda." Remember, Aliyah came from a uh, smaller and less impressive tribe, Dan, but Vitzalel came from Yehuda. Asa et kol asher tziva Hashem et Moshe. So, how would you translate that? He, right, Vitzalel. He, Betzal, now Betzal, is wrenched away from Oliav. Just Betzal, Betzal, but not just Betzal, but his full name. Betzal ben Uri ben Chur Lematayu, that's something that the Torah does only for very important people. He was previously in partnership with Oliav, but now he's there alone. And the Possuk says, Asa. Asa singular, he did it. Oh, he, did he have people working with him? Yes, did he have artisans and, and other kinds of talented people? Yes, of course he did, but he did it. He did it. Well, what does that mean that he did it? He did what God told Moshe to do. You mean he was just, he was just following 
orders. So along comes Rashi, and Rashi says the following: You have to, you have to know this. You have to know the Rashi. Bitzalel ben Uri, we go outside. Kol Hashem Tziv Hashem et Moshe. You see the Rashi? Asher Tziv Moshe, Enktivkan. It doesn't say in the pasuk. Asher Tziv Moshe. Bitzalel ben Uri, we go outside. Kol Asher Tziv Hashem et Moshe, Enktivkan. What do you mean, Ed Moshe? So Rashi comes up with this amazing idea. Absolutely amazing. He says, Afilu tvarim shelo amarlo rabo. Even things that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't tell them, didn't tell him. Betzalel. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Rashi comes up with this interesting comment that he says, you know, the apostle, the words of the apostle, the way I explain it is that B'tzalel, B'tzalel was listening so carefully to what Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching him that sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu learned things about building the Mishkan that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't teach him. Didn't teach him. Ki Moshe Tzivale Vitzale, he says, what's the proof according to Rashi? Moshe Tzivale Vitzale, After all, Moshe Rabbeinu in the parish of Truma, in the parish of Truma, the the beginning of building the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu told B'Tzalel, first you build the Kalim, first you build the vessels, the menorah, the Aron, the Shulchan. First you build the vessels that are necessary, the, the menorah. Ki Moshe Am Tzivale B'Tzalel, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded, directed Moshe B'Tzalel, Lasot Chila Keilim V'Achakach Mishkan. Huh? Yeah, that's how, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Amarlo B'Tzalel, B'Tzalel said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Min Hagolam Lasot Chila Ba'it. He says, the way of the world is, as you know, I, I come from the world. I'm a member of the world. I do things that people do regularly. And they first they build the house and then, then they they put vessels in the house that they built. So I mean this is really I mean there's no doubt when you read the parish of Truma that Moshe Rabbeinu started out and Moshe Rabbeinu started out by saying to, to the people who were listening, first you build the Kalim, and then you build the house. So who is, what, what is uh, the authority that B'Tzalel came with to change it around? <laughs> he said, Min Hagolam, according to Rashi. This is the way of the world. People are going to build there. They're going to buy their furniture and leave it out in the street until they build a house. They build a house and then they'll buy the furniture. Okay, 
I think that Moshe Rabbeinu could have understood that. And Moshe Rabbeinu, in spite of the fact that he could have understood that, he said to Bitzalel, no, 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 first, first the Kalim, first the vessels, and then the house. What kind of argument is that? What kind of difference of opinion are we talking about? If I was Bitzalel, which believe me, I know that I am not, but if I was Bitzalel, I would say, look, it's a small matter. Let's it will follow. Moshe Rabbeinu, look at all the good things Moshe Rabbeinu has done for us. I mean, what difference does it make after all? So Rashi says, which is understood by the people trying to understand what Rashi is saying. Is Amarlo, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Wow. He said, what you say, Bitzalel, is what I heard from God. Even though in the parish of Truma, it's the other way around. But the truth of the matter is, truth of the matter is that you're right. That's really what God wants. It's not right because it's Minaga Olam. It's right because you have some sort of connection to the positions that God had. And uh, therefore, we have to do what you say. And that's Rashi's only way of explaining how he could have done that. He, Bitzalel, built the Mishkan first. But those words, they continue to annoy me. They annoy me because what do you mean, why would you you have Moshe Rabbeinu. He tells you what he was taught in heaven. And you say, I, I, built a, I built an extension to somebody's house last week. And so, you know, I know about that. I mean, but Salah was chosen because he had superior wisdom. Because he was able to direct the Chachmei Leib. And he himself was one of those Chachmei Leib. So if I had to think to myself, I have to think to myself, who is B'Tzalel? I mean, what do we need B'Tzalel for? We say, I asked that question before. What do we need B'Tzalel for? You take somebody who knows how to build buildings and, and, and you employ him. And Moshe Rabbeinu gets the credit. You, know, you put that big sign up, you know, all the construction done by, done by Moshe Rabbeinu. It doesn't mean he actually did but he was the director, he produced it. He was the one who encouraged people to, to accept the challenge. That was Moshe Rabbeinu. So who was B'Tzalel? Who is B'Tzalel? So I think, I think that B'Tzalel was, was Shlomo HaMelech. B'Tzalel was Shlomo HaMelech, how so? I mean, we know that Shlomo HaMelech built the Beit HaMikdash. And we also know that the Beit HaMikdash was built in a manner that replicates the Mishkan. Not exactly. That would take us too long to, to work out, but not exactly. 
But much of the Beit HaMikdash that Shlomo HaMelech built was built along the lines of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And because there was a certain kind of uh, a certain kind of affinity for the Mishkan, for the tabernacle, because the Beit HaMikdash was going to be built with the guidelines of the Mishkan. And because the Mishkan actually morphed into the into Shiloh, there was hundreds of years passed from the entry of B'nai Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael and the building of the Beit HaMikdash, hundreds of years, more than 400 years. And so there was a, a sort of an attenuation of the of the Mishkan, right? They didn't see it anymore. It wasn't there, and they wanted to build the Beit Hamikdash that was like them. So Shlomo Melech had to be able to say to himself, "I see it, I understand it." I mean, if you look at the prayer of Shlomo Melech on the inauguration of the Beit Hamikdash might be instructive. But Shlomo Melech had to say, somehow I represent God's will. 400 years have passed and we're all living in Shiloh, which is a different a different kind of a, a temple. And so B'Tzalel was the one who said to Shlomo HaMelech, if God has designated you, if God has designated you to build the temple, you will be able to do it in a manner that will satisfy God's interest. How do I know that? I know that because B'Tzalel was able to say to Moshe Rabbeinu, your idea is wrong. And my idea is right. And Moshe Rabbeinu understood that Bitzalel had that power. He had that power because he had that power, because he was able to understand what it was that, uh, because he was able to understand, he was able to teach Moshe Rabbeinu or to remind Moshe Rabbeinu of what it was that actually actually had to be done to build it. So Rabbi Rashi says that Moshe Rabbeinu said to B'tzal kach shamati mi piya kodesh bohu. Moshe, one more line in Rashi, B'tzal kel Ayita. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, oh, now I know why you have a name. Remember that Pesach? That Pesach, Re'ei Karati B'Shem, B'Tzalel Ben Uri. And so he says, when did this happen that God called out the name B'Tzalel? So here's Rashi. Rashi says, Omalo Moshe, B'tzel el hayita ki bevadai 
says, you are in the shadow of God. The shadow of God. It's certainly true that God commanded me to build it in the way you say. He did the Mishkan first, so we still have to think to ourselves about Betzalel, the name Betzalel, Karabashem. God said, Betzalel, that's who you really are. That's Karabashem. You are really Betzalel. Betzalel, of course, we know the Rabban taught us that the order of the letters in the Torah can be divided up differently. Even though the word Betzalel is a name, but it's also, it also has Betzel Elayita. And that's the Kriya, Kriya B'Shem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Betzalel. He called him Betzalel. He said, you are Betzalel. You are really Betzalel. And what is Betzalel? What does that mean? The light that Moshe Rabbeinu received from the Torah was the great light something that people couldn't couldn't deal with. You remember, you remember that Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai, Karan Orpanav. His face reflected a great light, a great light, Karan, like horns. The light came out like, like horns. That was Moshe Rabbeinu. There's no well. There was no way to look at the light of the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu himself reflected. That's what it says in the Chumash. That's what it says in the Chumash. But B'tzalel, he was B'tzel Kale. Yes, it's true. It's true. Not as great a personality as Moshe Rabbeinu was. B'tzalel was not such a great personality, but he. He received the reflection of the light. The light of Moshe Rabbeinu was not, could not be shared. It was just too much for us. It was too much for us, so we almost needed a second Matan Torah. A second Matan Torah where it was much more connected to the work of, of, of man, Moshe Rabbeinu himself, you the stones on which the Aserita Dibrot were written. So when it came to working in the real world, you needed the Betzel Kel, you need somebody who could protect himself from the overwhelming light of the of the Torah. And this became, actually, this story that I'm telling is the creation of the Mesorah. The first Mishnah in Pirkei Avot says, Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai, Umisarali Yoshua, Yoshua Liskenim. Right, everybody could say, everybody could say, I got it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Got it from Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't really pass down the Torah because for Moshe Rabbeinu, the light was too great. It was just impossible. And so Moshe Rabbeinu must uh, yeah, that's true, but I could have put in B'tzalel. 
Betzalel was the Betzel Kale. Betzalel was the one who enabled Torah Shabal Peh. Like, what is Torah Shabal Peh? It's the way we think about it. It's the way we understand it. We we connect ourselves to the Torah of Betzalel, and through the Torah of Betzalel, we then get corrected to the Torah of, of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Betzalel, Betzalel said, I know how this has to be in the reality of things. Again, the Torah, in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, could have said that the the Mishkan is going to fly down from heaven, as Rashi says in Sukkah about the Beit HaMikdash, about the next Beit HaMikdash, but Betzalel said, no, but I'm the one who's building the Beit HaMikdash. It's not between, it's not only between God and us, it's between us. We have to do it. And if we were looking for a rationale to explain to us, like, what kept the Jewish people alive? I would say during the last thousands of years, I would say it's the Mesorah, the feeling that we're connected, and the feeling that we can we can explain, add on, deepen our understanding of the same Mesorah that we're always connected, that we're always connected to, and so that I think is. The story of Betzalel. Um, have a good Shabbos. All the best. Shabbat shalom.